The Lazy Girl's Guide too. For girls who want to better their life, but better not have to do too much work. Welcome to the latest episode of The Lazy Girl's Guide to. I'm your host, Carly Porch, and this week's episode is an interesting one. This is The Lazy Girl's Guide to Good Sex. And joining me on the podcast today is Azaya McKimmy. She is a couples therapist, sex therapist, and sexologist. So she really knows her stuff when it comes to the bedroom. And I've got to say, I learned a lot while recording this episode. We cover off on topics such as, can you really make a one-night stand good? Is solo sex better? Where exactly is the G-spot? And is that the magic key to having an orgasm? And is foreplay absolutely necessary when it comes to sex? As I mentioned before, so much covered off in this episode. So let's get into it. Firstly, I just have a question about how you got into this line of work. It is not something that I ever imagined myself doing. It is not something that any of my careers counsellors in school even told me was a possibility. The really long story short is I kind of stumbled on a tantra workshop. It's that kind of yoga that Sting does, like in my early 20s. And I don't even think I knew what it was, but went to this workshop, loved it, ended up teaching Tantra and never thinking it would be a career. Not long after I started teaching, a psychologist saw me teach and asked if I would teach what I knew to his male clients experiencing sexual dysfunction. And that led to like a complete a complete reevaluation of my life and where I was going and what I wanted to do with myself. And I ended up studying sex for 10 years. And how do you study sex? Is there literally a degree? Is there something online? Or? There is literally something that you can study at some of the best universities in the country called sexology. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm learning something already. There you go. This is called The Lazy Girl's Guide too. So obviously as you mentioned before, you do talk about other areas of sex, but I just want to hear about the cheap thrills stuff, to be honest, you know. <laughs> right, we can give you cheap thrills. Um, I want to start with orgasms because let's be honest, and I know it is a bad attitude, but that is the best part of sex for a lot of people. How can we get there quickly? We can do it by ourselves. So both men and women take longer to reach orgasm when they're with a partner and women when they're with a partner take longer than men when they're with a partner to get to that point. I knew so men we were just hindering the process. Completely. If we want it quickly, we've got to DIY. And what do you? what is the best way? I mean, I guess everyone's different and it is a subjective thing, but is there, is it better to use toys? Is masturbation better? Like what, in your opinion... In your studies, do you think? So it is each woman to their own. Toys are really helpful. Toys kind of spoil us a lot. Right. So toys can make it really easy or easier for That's us what we to reach <laughs> orgasm. Uh, and clitoral stimulation with those toys as well is one of the fastest ways that a lot of women reach orgasm. A lot of women don't reach orgasm through penetration alone. They actually need the clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. So no matter how long you spend in sex, if you're not a woman who orgasms through penetration, you're never going to do it with a partner. You need the clitoral stimulation as well. That is actually such an interesting thing to know because I guess it can be frustrating if you're having sex and you're not reaching orgasm. So maybe that could be something that, you know, women listening to this maybe really need to reevaluate and try as well and get their partners to get involved in that as well. So Absolutely. So you can also use a toy during partnered sex, yeah. ask your partner to stimulate your clitoris during sex or stimulate your own clitoris during sex as well. And I guess this leads me to my next question. How, or even if this is possible, do you make a one-night stand good? 
Such a good question because all the statistics show that women have a lower percentage of orgasm during a one night stand. So I'm going to say two things on this one. First, get to know your own body really well. Learn what you really love. Learn what tips you over the edge to orgasm and then learn how to ask for that. Learn to say what you don't like. (laughs) Absolutely, because our pleasure is really important as well. And I feel sorry for men sometimes because they're kind of expected to just know it all. Mm. But every woman's body is different and what we want is different on different days. So actually, we've just got to be really direct. We've got to let them know what we want and what we like so we can get it. Now, speaking about the G-spot, because this G-spot is probably the most talked about thing when it comes to women and sex. You know, it's if you find it, you orgasm. Where is the G-spot? The best way to explain where the G-spot is, is imagine using like hooked fingers. Yep. This is always so hard to explain <laughs> on a podcast or radio. Because you, you're genuinely doing the motion. I'm doing them. I don't know how to explain it without doing the motion. You make a hook almost like if you were to try to find your own G-spot which is difficult because it's actually can be quite far inside of us. Yeah. We would literally hook around and pull our fingers back. So it's almost like we're pulling forward towards the body around the around the pubic bone. So there's a bit of a forward motion then. Forward. It's on like, yeah, the front, the front wall of the vaginal wow. canal. And is it true that if you do hit that spot, you genuinely orgasm straight away? No. Really? Everything I thought I knew about sex? No. So men are searching for something that's not even there. Well, it's there, but... It's there, but it's not that simple. Women are not that simple, you (laughs) know? It's not a button. (laughs) That's it. Stop. Stop looking for the button. It's not a doorbell. You can't just press the G spot either. Okay, this has actually just blown my mind. I didn't know that because I feel like there's all this pressure around finding the G-spot and and then that's it. That's the key to good sex. No, look, the G-spot can be amazing. Amazing when it's touched, but it's not necessarily amazing the first time you touch it and it's not necessarily amazing every time you touch it. So actually the best way to know that you've hit the G-spot is because you have the sensation of needing to pee. Like that's not necessarily an instant orgasm. Uh huh. I am learning so much. <laughs> I can see the look on your face right now. I'm a 30 year old woman being like, I should have read a book. There's no manual on this stuff. I wish there was. I wish there was. So it also takes a little bit of time often to warm up the G-spot. If we go straight for the G-spot, sometimes it can actually be painful. So we actually need a little bit of warming up. We need to feel somewhat aroused often for the G-spot to even be pleasurable. Well, that was my next question because... Again, going back to the Lazy Girl's Guide too, I'm not talking about Samantha in the Sex in the City style sex with the lingerie and meeting up with some man in some luxurious apartment. I, I'm i talking about just kind of like, well, the lazy way to do it. So do you genuinely need foreplay to have good sex? To have penetration sex, yes. I'm so sorry to tell <laughs> so you this. <laughs> I, let me tell you why, though, because I think this is really important because I know that we, a lot of women are like, oh, you know, can we just We're get it over poor. with? Get, yes. Absolutely. Firstly, your pleasure is so important and you deserve to spend time in pleasure 
Also, women's bodies go through complex changes in order to prepare for penetration sex. So a vaginal canal actually opens in a process called tenting and the muscles that hold the uterus in place contract, pulling the uterus and cervix out of the way. We also need time to lubricate. So all three of those things are going to reduce our experience of pain and increase our chance of reaching orgasm. And to do that, we want... You know, I don't know if you're going to like this. It's like 15 to 20 minutes of foreplay. Oh, my God. I think sometimes we really have to go for quality over quantity. And what I suggest Can for women who... <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll tell him anything that anything you want me to tell him. No, quality over quantity. And sometimes it does mean going to bed a little bit earlier. Actually, we know that making sex a priority and making it important to us is one of the things that makes it, and makes it better for us. And one of the things that contributes to really happy, healthy, long-term relationships. So a couple of nights a week, decide to go to bed early or decide that, you know, Sunday mornings are your time together and then go for quality, not quantity. Well, that was my next question because you do see a lot of couples that are struggling in this area. You are a couples therapist as well. In your opinion, I know it is subjective again, but what is for a healthy sexual relationship that the average amount of times you should be having sex? I always try not to get pulled into numbers games. <laughs> I know. I, I feel know like how this is going to be replayed to a lot of boyfriends out there. <laughs> what I'm going to say is that our sexual frequency is going to change throughout our lives and it's going to change depending on what we've got going on in our lives. So, of course, when we start a relationship, sexual frequency is higher. We've got all these amazing hormones running through us that lead us to want to have sex more often. And as we get into that long-term relationship, those hormones fade and we end up dealing with life and being tired. Totally. Relatable. (laughs) Yes. So the sexual frequency is going to fall off. But sometimes, like even, even for me, it's like, you know, if it's once a week... I'm, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm okay. winning here. I, bet I can I'm work like, with that yeah. once a week. <laughs> and what we can also do, though, is have other kinds of intimacy with our partner in between time. So just being intimate with a partner, cuddling, kissing, touching them, doesn't mean that it has to lead to sex. I feel like that part's going to get played over to a oh, lot of partners I'm as well. I'm already going to put this on in the car when I know my boyfriend's listening. Um, you, said, you mentioned other ways to have sex. What is the quickest way to make a guy come? Okay, so there's two things here. One, find out what it is to him. It might be blowjobs for him. It might be like putting some pressure on his perineum or anus what? as uh, well. Perineum. perineum is the little part between the scrotum and the anus that's... I guess we could kind of call it the male G-spot. So So they do have a button. Yes, not quite a button. I wish that (laughs) none of us have got buttons. I am so sorry to disappoint you. I've been way too much dolly doctor back in the day. It scarred me. (laughs) Uh, It can be nipple stimulation as well. For some men, we'll take them over the edge. Absolutely. Both men and women can actually have orgasms through nipple stimulation alone. Wow. Yeah. That seems like a very good corner to cut as well. Yeah. And so here's my my biggest kind of takeaway around sex is do what feels good for you. Actually, like if what feels really good for you today is cuddling and kissing your partner, like do that. If you don't want to have penetration intercourse tonight, if you can't be bothered warming yourself up enough to, you know, have an orgasm tonight, don't do that. Do what feels really good for you and have the focus be on what feels good for you in the moment and being connected to your partner. Now, I want to talk about single sex because 
we did kind of touch on the one night stands, but I guess when you're in a relationship, you do kind of have the time to experiment and work out what you like. And sometimes you get into a bit of a rhythm with someone, but I guess when you're single and you are trying out new sexual partners, or maybe sometimes one night stands is how you, you do come across sex. How do you kind of maintain a healthy and good sex life, I guess, if you are changing partners? I know you mentioned before it is about asking for what you want, but is there anything that you can actively do yourself so when you are in sexual situations you know that it's not going to be disappointing all the time? So choose wisely. Okay. But whoever you're with, you know, not not everyone is going to be a great lover. Yep. Choose choose wisely uh, around who you're with. Know that you know that you can feel really comfortable to say the word no to someone. So if what they're doing doesn't feel good, you can just nip that right in the yep. bud and it doesn't have to go further. But really then communication, really being able to explain to them what feels good for you. Being able to let go of your own inhibitions and be in the moment as well is going to be a really another big one that makes a difference. Now, you did mention letting go of your inhibitions because I think a big part of sex is feeling sexy within yourself. So I think sexiness is really a state of mind. Like it is really how we're feeling about ourselves. And I think like the fastest way to start to connect to our own sense of sensuality and sexuality is just to come back to start feeling our bodies because we spend so much time in our heads every day. We're thinking about the hundred things that have to be done. It's so hard to switch off and be intimate with a partner and focus on them. Mm -hmm. But actually, if we can get good at that and start feeling our body, then we're going to be able to switch into being intimate and to enjoying it more. Okay. Just quickly before we wrap this up, out of all the research you've done and everything that you've spoken about with couples and that type of thing, what would you say is the most pleasurable thing in sex that you come across time and time again that you think that is a kind of a bit of a winner, a go-to move? Oh, a go-to move. That is such a tricky one. Because I feel one. like if you know that, then you can. <laughs> you've got something to fall back on. Look, there are over seven different kinds of orgasms women can have. Like, I know that's like a whole other box that we're yeah. opening there. So it's really hard to just choose one move that's going to work for everyone all the time. Okay, what I hear men say they love the most is seeing their partner enjoy themselves. Really? Like, Absolutely. So they enjoy seeing their partner masturbate. Oh no, not not necessarily masturbate, but actually enjoying themselves. Oh, so if they get okay. the sense that their yep. partner is into it and she's turned on, like that's actually the biggest turn on for them. That's I just hear that over and wow. over again. Okay. Um, and talking about sex positions because so, like I used to read Cleo and things like that, and I felt like some of those positions. I remember once I think there was like an article on a hundred and one sex positions and I know there's that many out there but I'm going to be honest I'm not that flexible I don't do yoga in in your opinion what do you think are some of the the more pleasurable easier sex positions to do so I mean when I'm not on top that's definitely easier um for me I yeah. also love like spooning like the oh. ah, which is so it's a really nice Sunday morning one so you can have your partner kind of spooning you from behind but they can actually enter you from behind. That with... is so great. Yeah, you I think that's one of my favourites. You don't even have to worry about morning breath then either. No. 
Oh, no. I love that. Mm. <laughs> well, I feel like you've definitely um, given people a lot to work with. I feel more enlightened, that's for sure. Um, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And thank you. Thanks for listening. And I hope, like myself, you learned something from today's episode. And maybe it's something that you can even go away and put into practice. Uh, joining me on the Lazy Girls Guide to next week is fashion blogger Mel Carrero. She has forged a pretty epic career in fashion and work with some very big names. And she's going to be joining me on the episode for the Lazy Girls Guide for dressing for your body type. She has worked with all shapes and sizes and she is going to lend us her expertise on next week's episode.